I'm Bert Cohen, and with your help, we are keeping democracy alive. Check for pulse. Stand clear. Push to shock. America's fascists are those people who think Wall Street comes first and the American people come second. What we've really seen is a financial sector that's gotten out of hand. There's much too much of a role in this country. What Putin is trying to do and what Trump is trying to do is undermine faith in our government. An absolute typhoon of terror against African Americans. There's a huge gap between public opinion and public policy that people don't feel that they can do very much. I speak tonight for the dignity of man. Up until the time of Franklin Roosevelt, virtually the only contact the average American had with the federal government was the post office. It was a lifeline then, and it frankly is a lifeline now, even more so in these days of coronavirus. Americans in far-flung, really remote places relied then, as they do now, on the nonprofit federal service to connect them with relatives and friends, and perhaps more importantly, to ensure the crucial medicine needed to survive gets to the people whose very lives might be in danger without the post office. And then, of course, there's the right and ability for everyone to vote, especially in these social distancing times. The United States Postal Service is often the only guarantee of everyone's sacred right to vote and to have their vote counted. Now, I don't know about you, but I love my local post office. I really do. For remarkably low rates, flats and packages get to where they need to go in a timely fashion. And the people who work at the Postal Service, even before the coronavirus pandemic, these workers are really appreciated by everyone they serve. And serve us, they do. And with the coronavirus, these public servants are at very high risk just in doing their jobs. It is a treasured public service, not a for-profit business. My guess is that that alone is part of the reason why Trump wants to shut it down. Do away with the Postal Service. I know, it's so hard to believe. Now with the COVID-19 news drowning out pretty much everything else, I know when people hear about this proposal, they're universally aghast. What? You can't be serious, they say. Why would he do that? That's completely crazy. (laughs) Well, of course it is. And as our guest today, Michael Winship, writing about the proposal, said, lest we forget... He's nuts. Okay, so it is a real threat. It's not a joke. The article written by Winship is titled, As Coronavirus Rages On, Trump Junks Your Mail and Attacks the Postal Service. And the subtitle is, Distracted by the Disease, We're Being Conned by a White House Intent on Using Contagion to Disrupt Democracy. Boy, is that ever serious. Michael Winship, thanks so much for being back with us on Keeping Democracy Alive. Oh, it's a pleasure, Bert. How are you? Ah, good. Staying safe. Michael Winship is the Schumann Senior Writing Fellow for Common Dreams. Previously, he was the Emmy Award-winning Senior Writer for Moyers & Company and BillMoyers.com, a past Senior Writing Fellow at the Policy and Advocacy Group Demos, good group, and former President of the Writers Guild of America East. Well, again, thanks so much for being with us, and uh, we're all staying healthy. It's a pleasure. As you write... Right now, nationwide, as with my own local post office, the U.S. Postal Service is trying to deal with the overwhelming magnitude of the COVID-19 pandemic. Postal carriers fighting sickness and struggling to cope with understaffing, 
brought on by the pandemic, have managed to keep delivering letters and packages. That is impressive. And as you write, investigative journalists at ProPublica reported postal carriers saying that they were being pressed into service against medical advice and with insufficient protection against the novel coronavirus. Postal workers said the USPS has long pushed employees to avoid taking sick sick days, and managers are still sticking to that. And Jake Bittle at The Nation wrote, many post offices have long been understaffed, and the coronavirus is poised to push an already overworked labor force to a breaking point without drastic action. The virus could soon threaten the postal service just when it's needed most, he said. Well, in addition to the new stress of COVID-19, I have noticed the strains on the post office employees. How did we get to this point where Donald Trump is saying such a thing? And is he serious? How did we get here? (laughs) <laughs> well, Bert, I first got interested in this just uh, from my own experience, which was that I noticed that for several days uh, I was not receiving any mail, and uh, packages were being delivered, but nothing, but no flat, as you call them, and, and uh, regular letter mail and so forth. And um, so I was wondering what was going on, and then just by chance, as I was making one of my rare forays out yeah. into the real world yes. during all of this, I ran into a postal carrier, and uh, we kept our, our social distance, but we had a conversation, and he informed me that, A, he was not from my local post office. He was, on, he was from a different post office and had been reassigned. And then of the approximately 30 people at our local post office downtown, a little ways from where I'm talking to you, uh, of the 30 uh, people who were assigned to actually carrying mail, 20 of them were out sick. So I started looking into this and talking to people and discovered that, as, as you just read, that it's a, a, a huge problem within the Postal Service that, you know, there are around 600,000 workers in the Postal Service. And, and uh, wow. of them, about 500 have tested positive and, and actually 19 have died and about 6,000 are in self-quarantine. Uh, that, that's as of a week or so ago. And it's just a real, real problem, and it comes at a at a terrible time because of of this pandemic. And also, you know, so many people are reliant on the mail for getting their prescription drugs. For me, for example, I, I my union health care plan is such that I I get most of my prescription drugs via mail, and a lot of people still uh, get their social security checks and um, welfare checks and. Uh, uh, even their $1,200 checks from <laughs> Donald Trump uh, are being delivered, yes. you know, by hand and not not direct deposit. So it's a problem. But but you know, the Republicans have been gunning for the postal service for a while because they just don't like the idea of a of a government agency that 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 does good and and uh, doesn't necessarily make a profit. But this is something that comes back to the U.S. Constitution that. You know, as you mentioned, the Postal Service was, was essential for people receiving the news, and not just with their families, but newspaper deliveries and so forth and so on. And, and um, it, has, it continues to be really a, a vital service. And because it is what it is, you know, there is a flat postal rate. You don't have to pay more for postage if you live in a remote area than, right. than you do if you live, live here in the city. It's... it's uh, it's fifty-five cents for uh, a first-class stamp, which I can remember a long, long time ago. I'm, uh, I'm showing my age, but I remember when it was it was was pennies. Yeah, I do for too. a letter, but Eight you know, cents. but yeah. um, it's still fifty-five cents. Whereas you know, like a, a FedEx, a FedEx letter is eight and a half dollars, 
And, uh, you know, it still performs this really important service. I mean, I, you know, it just occurred to me before you and I began talking that, that the, the Postal Service was considered so important that until Nixon, it was a cabinet-level position. And uh, it hasn't been since 1971, but, you know, for a long time, it was considered to be such a vital a vital part of the government that its, its postmaster general was a, was a cabinet member. Well, I didn't know that. Good old liberal Nixon. Mm-hmm. Why, why did he? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I think it was I think it was those first creeping steps of uh, of trying to privatize it. Uh-huh. Uh, I think he wanted he wanted to see it run more than a business, uh, more as a business rather. Right. I think you know if you look back at the history of postmaster generals, that a lot of times it was the uh, patronage post that was given by the president to whoever was the leader of the, the president's party, of the majority party, so that, uh, for example, Larry O'Brien, who was head of the DNC and who was a key advisor to Lyndon Johnson, he was Johnson's postmaster general. And uh, Jack Kennedy had done the same thing, and FDR, and you go back, and, and there's a tradition of that. But it was you know, still cabinet level. But I think Nixon was, was trying to see it more, you know, being run as more of a profitable business. And yeah. so... Yeah, they, there was a tendency to put business people in that job instead. So that's that's where it started. And now, you know, uh, Republicans and Trump, even more for Trump's own sort of venal personal reasons, um, want it to go away, basically. And I suppose, you know, if something's not making a profit, how can it be any good? You know, I, 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 I think that's really how they see things. And you talk yes. about history a little bit. As people who listen to the show regularly know, I'm a history nut. Under Woodrow Wilson, President Woodrow Wilson, a hundred years ago, his uh-huh. po- his postmaster was Albert Burleson, and he exercised tremendous power over the mails. He was directed to do so by President Wilson during the First World War. And mm-hmm. if Burleson thought something was not supportive enough of the war, you know, a piece of mail, a newspaper, a newsletter, a magazine, or was too left-leaning, he would not deliver that. It would it would be thrown huh. away. He wouldn't deliver that. The mails back then were the only way people got any news. The power of the post office is not something people think about every day, or probably hardly ever. But today, the post offices rank the postal services the most popular government agency. And as we well, go ahead. You know, I was just going to say, as I, I I pointed out in the, the two articles that I wrote uh, that. Uh, uh, part of the, there's a, there's an irony in the fact that one of the things that triggered triggered this for me was not only my lack of mail, but the fact that when I got mail, the very first thing I got was this mailing from Mike Pence <laughs> for the Republican, you know, for the Republican Senate campaign committee. I don't know how I got on that mailing list. And then in the second batch of mail I got, I got you know I received several copies of this postcard from 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 the White House and the, and the CDC announcing President Trump's plans to keep you safe from coronavirus. So, you know, it's not like they're not using the mail for their own uh, purposes. Oh, for sure. And, and I'll tell you, mm-hmm. you know, being, being a former candidate myself, who actually got elected uh-huh. a few times, the mail is extremely important. Mailings, people look at them. They have to be big to get to people's attention, whatever, you know. And oh. now, now, of course, we have, you know, all kinds of different uh, uh, you sure. know, ways to communicate. But that's really probably still the most important thing. And the fact that the, that the Trump people, the Pence people still use that, you know, I... It, is this? It's it's a little hard to imagine Trump's motivation. How does 
there's always the deep state. How does well, yes, yeah. Talk about that. How does this postal service fit into his imagined deep state out to get him? Well, Trump. I mean, it's, there are two aspects. There are two, well, three primary aspects to Trump's uh, vendetta against the post office. Once, of course, one of course is that it's always personal, and then in Trump's case, it's it's his feud with Jeff Bezos, the head of Amazon. Because Jeff Bezos also owns the Washington Post, you know, which has done brilliant investigative reporting of the Trump administration on a daily basis. And, you know, that makes Trump's head come to a point. And so he's been going after Jeff Bezos. And because, you know, Bezos, Amazon has an arrangement with the post office uh-huh. to handle to handle a lot of their delivery uh, at a rate that, that um, uh, Trump believes is far less than what the post office should be getting from Amazon for that. But it's also about him just presenting the fact that Amazon is, is making, you know, any kind of a, a deal with anybody that, 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 you know, that's part of the federal government. So that's a big part of it is this little venal feud that he has going with Jeff Bezos. The second aspect is what we just talked about, which yeah. is the Republican Party continually trying to privatize the post office. And the third thing, and maybe right now the most important thing, is that he's just terrified of people using the mail to vote. That the more people who have access to a mail-in ballot, I mean, he said it himself, you know, there won't be Republicans elected anymore if everybody is able to vote via mail. Uh, and there may be some truth to that. But uh, but this is the thing I think that really keeps him awake at night uh, is is the is the possible is the in- increase in the number of people who are able to vote by mail. Now every state in the country has absentee balloting. I mean, you can apply for an absentee ballot, but in in many states, including here in New York, the conditions under which you can file an absentee ballot are are, are fairly strict about you know yeah. being out of town or being in. Uh, being out of town or, or, or being ill or whatever, it's fairly strict. But Governor Cuomo, in fact, has, has uh, loosened that for the primary that's been moved here in New York. But, um, but, you know, a lot of people would like to see universal vote by mail. And a lot of states had that already. He just doesn't want it to happen. Well, it's certainly true that, uh, you know, they, they used to be able to, uh, back in the 1800s, uh, you know, just intimidate people, black people especially, uh, from voting, and you know they're, they're setting up all kinds of uh, uh, taxes and citizenship oh, sure. tests and things like that. But now that was well, in the twentieth century. But now here we are in the twenty first century, and they still they really don't want people to vote. Voter suppression is crucial well, for them. Go ahead. Absolutely, and and just as a, as a sideline sidebar, there you mentioned black people. I mean, one of the things, one of the resentments of the post office from the right wing and, and conservatives and, and racists has always been that the post ser- the postal service was a consistent source of good job opportunities for African Americans and other minorities, you know? So they were able to make a really good living wage. They were able to, to, to enter the middle class, make a good living wage, have union representation. Yes, yes. And it was a really good, it was a really good thing for them, you know? So that's always been the thorn in the side of of uh, a lot of the the uh, more right wing elements of the party, especially in the deep south. Uh, amazing! If you just tuned in, Bert Cohen here. We are keeping democracy alive. We're talking about 
Trump's vendetta against the post office. He wants to shut down the post office. I'm not kidding, folks. I mean, it seems impossible to believe. It's like part of who we are as Americans. Our guest today is uh, uh, Michael Winship, who's written an article about it called As Coronavirus Rages on Trump, Junks Your Mail and Attacks the Postal Service. Is it, I mean, the Postal Service has never made money and actually has a significant debt. Tell us about that, please. What did the Republican well, Congress of 2006 do in their lame duck well, session? Well, yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, the, the post office has, has usually been in the position of being just shy of breaking even. They, they yeah, haven't made a bad. profit, but, they, but they've, they've been a little shy of breaking even. And of course, they've been really hit by, by people using the internet and email and so forth. And they've been really hit by FedEx and Amazon and and uh, UPS and, and places like that, but they've always been close. But what happened in 2006 was that the Republican Congress, and as I say, it was a lame duck Congress. You'll remember that that was the midterm election that sort of set the field for the Obama election in oh, 2008. Yeah. It was beautiful. Where the, <laughs> yeah, where the Democrats, you know, they, they got the Senate and the House back yes. in that election and took, took over in 2007. But the Republicans were still in there in 2006, and and basically they passed this law, whereby the you know, and it's never been done for any other government agency, and it's never been done in corporate America at all. But they basically set up a system where the uh, postal service had to have on hand 72 billion dollars worth of prepaid pension and health benefit payments. Now. Everybody else in the world who's in this world, including my union and so forth, you go as you go as a, a pay as you go kind of system in terms of funding health care and pensions. Mm-hmm. And you know you have a reserve certainly, and and you you monitor it uh, to stay in what what in uh, in pension land we call the green zone. Uh, you, you know you keep track of it. You're very careful with it if you're if you're a smart and, and careful administrator and you're watching it all the time but but basically this congressional law in 2006 was to to uh, uh, insist on this really ridiculous system on the US Postal Service and it really is just a front as a way of a way to create a situation where the post office couldn't keep its head above the water and they could privatize it you know so one of the things that happened in, in uh, February, before before coronavirus really hit this country hard, was that the House passed and the Senate was considering a, a legislation that would eliminate that, that uh, requirement that they have that $72 uh-huh. billion dollars out there. So, it, as I say, it passed the House. It was, it was being debated in the Senate, and then coronavirus hit and everything went to hell. But, you know... Uh, there has been money. Uh, there was money in the last stimulus bill. People wanted a lot more. There was an attempt to get money put into that last stimulus bill um, that would have basically bailed the post office out and would have given it a loan, as well as paying off its its current debt. Wow. It would have given it a loan to, to keep it going. And uh, basically, the White House said... Uh, if that's in there, we're going to you know, the president will probably, in all probability, veto this bill. So they eliminated the bailout part of it, and they they kept in a, a ten billion dollar loan. But it's a loan, you know, it's not an outright grant to the postal service. So the current, you know, as as you and I are having this conversation, we don't we're, we're being told that by both the White House and Steve Mnuchin and uh, Congress that they're they're very close to a new deal for the next piece of stimulus legislation. 
But the Democrats have been working very hard to get that postal bailout into that legislation. But I don't know. We don't mm. know at this point whether or not it's in there because they haven't announced what it is. But uh. Mnuchin had, according to the Washington Post, Mnuchin had told the uh, Democratic leadership that it would be a poison pill if it was in there. So we'll have to see what happens. So if I got this right, if the Democrats are able to put in uh, a way to help the USPS uh, financially because of that, uh, what they did in, in 2006 to, to saddle them intentionally with a, with a pff, impossible uh, uh, debt, uh, then they'll just, uh, the Trump will just veto it. Then what happens? It, it, right now, we don't know where the bill stands uh, with regard to the Postal yeah. Service. Where, 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 yeah. where does it stand now? And what happens if Trump well, does veto? Go ahead. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, you know, we'll have to see what's what's in there and how serious that threat to veto was. I mean, what would what would happen is they would sort of, you know, I don't know, maybe go back to square one and just re re uh, negotiate what's actually in the legislation to find something that he'll sign. But it, it's it's uh, it's a difficult process, obviously, and and the problem will still exist if he doesn't allow more money in there to, to, to bail out the Postal Service. You know, I mean, the, the big issue the big issue in this new stimulus bill has been to further loans to small business. Right. And the Democrats, have, and the Democrats have said, no, you can't do that. You also have to have, you know, we certainly do want the money for small business, right. but you also have to include funding for state and local governments and, and for the health care system, which is strange to the bursting point at this, at this oh, moment. Yeah. And that has to be in there, too. So we'll have to see what they come up with. Maybe by the end of the day on which we're talking, and mm. it'll be out there. But, but so far, it's not to say. I mean, they, as I mentioned, they did give $10 billion, a $10 billion loan in the last stimulus package. Uh, but, um, you know, but we don't know yet what's going to be in this current one. And of course, the Democrats, you know, always under stress. There's so many different interest groups pushing on Democrats. I would think that the various unions within the post office, the postal service, oh, yeah. have some strength with the Democrats. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. You have you have two very large unions, uh, one of which has endorsed. I'm not sure. I just don't know off the top of my head, Bert, uh, whether they both endorsed Sanders. Uh, but oh, certainly, one of them yeah, has. Yes, yes. One of one of them had endorsed Sanders. I'm not sure about the other. Uh, but yeah, no, they're they're very you know heavily involved in Democratic politics, and um, yeah, no, they would absolutely be, be be pushing for this. You know, and the Postmaster General Brennan, uh, who she is a uh, she has been in the in the Postal Service since the Obama years. Oh wow! Uh, she, she was she was actually supposed to. Re- resign at the end of January of this year, but um, opted to stay on just to, because, I mean, you know, I think because she was working to get this legislation through uh-huh. to drop the pension uh, problem. Yeah. And then with the, and then with the pandemic, she's elected to stay on. So she's really been in a tight spot. Wow. Uh, Trump must, I can't imagine he's too happy with her. I mean, really? No, I know. <laughs> I know. I keep wondering. I, I keep waiting. I keep waiting for that particular axe to fall, but it, but it hasn't happened yet. Oh, he's axing all these other people. Maybe he hasn't paid attention to mm-hmm. that one. Well, who knows if he mm-hmm. pays attention to anything, really. But as you write, speaking of the orange one, we also know there's nothing our president likes better than kicking someone when they're down. And this virus comes mm-hmm. at a time when the post office's own defenses are at an all-time low. So how is this affecting... Uh, 
what about that kicking the post office when they're down? He does love to do that. He seems to be, yeah. he just loves cruelty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I mean, and, you know, he, and, he, and because he has no, because he lacks the compassion gene um, <laughs> and the empathy and the empathy gene, yes. he has no idea, you know, how this would impact, how this impacts 600,000 employees of the federal government. Plus, every citizen that relies on the mail, you know, uh, all of us do. And, you know, another problem, of course, the post office has had is that advertising, you know, yes. so much of the mail we get is junk mail, oh, what yeah. we call junk mail. Right. Uh, so much of it's advertising and so forth. But they're very reliant on that as well. And because of the uh, pandemic, people are not, people aren't sending out as much mass advertising mail. And it's, it's just, uh, it's just not happening. So that's sure. another way. The poor postal service has been taking it in the chin. Yeah, I wonder how do we know about the volume of mail? How the coronavirus is affecting the the volume? Oh yeah, yeah. No, we do actually. Um, it's it, it is significant. Yeah. There's a significant drop in the volume. And um, oh, let's see. I think I might have those figures somewhere here. I'm not sure. No, that's quite all right. Uh, right now, but it's it's significant. I'm sure. Certainly. Yeah, I'm sure. Actually, I don't even, I have to go to the post office in my little town. I don't live in New York City. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I uh, haven't been going every day, but you know, it's been building up. And, no. But at least they have well, you know, protections up now. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I mean, that's another function of the post office. I mean, it's a secondary function, but certainly a real one as, as a community oh, yeah. center, you know? Oh, absolutely. As a social center and absolutely. a community center. I mean, I grew up in a small town. Up in up in the Finger Lakes in Western New York, and nice. um, you know, there was a it was a great uh, it was a great place to uh, run into people and, and sort of socialize, you know. And Absolutely. I know that uh, I read uh, a piece recently. I guess it was in Vox where they were talking. They were interviewing the the postmaster of a sort of a mid sized town's post office, and he was saying, you know, people come in here all the time, even though we're, we're telling them now not to. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, there was a, there was a woman I was talking to, who's an, an older woman who's certainly in the higher percentage of, of risk for, for catching something. And she was, and she just, she comes in and she buys a stamp every day. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and I asked her, you know, I said, why don't you buy a book of stamps? And she was like, well, I just like coming in here, you know, I just uh, like coming in here and, and hanging out, you know? Oh, and, you know, you see, you see footage of, of, of these guys, especially in the smaller towns and stuff, sure. men and women who work for the post office, who, who socialize with everybody who carry like, you know, milk bones for the local dogs That's and, true. and all they do. this kind of stuff. Uh -huh. it's, a, it's a big part. It's a big part of a community. Absolutely. In, in our town, this is the center of town. I mean, if you want to get news about what's going on in town. Yeah. That's where you go, no question about it. Because the, yeah, the no, post, absolutely. they hear everything, and you know they do have cute little dog biscuits. My dog likes going in there and putting his feet up on yeah. the yeah. Yeah, it, it really yeah. is a center of town, and that is something. No, absolutely. What the heck would we do without it? I just, I mean, it would be devastating for this town. Yeah, no, oh. it, it absolutely is. You know, I mean, unless Starbucks starts selling stamps, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really is true, especially in the small towns. It's very much a social center. Yeah, and, you know, another area, another another area, I'm sorry. Bert, go ahead, I mean, go ahead. Uh, uh, it's, but also, you know, the, the Native, we were, the, we were talking about Black Americans before, the Native American community, oh, post offices yeah. are essential, are essential to the reservation. 
uh, a lot of folks who live like in the Navajo Nation, and, and which is you know the size of New England, um, mm. uh, they rely on they rely on that for uh, not only for mail but but finding out what's going on in the community. Yeah. And they always get. And those distances are vast. You know, those distances in the Navajo Nation and Rosebud and, and Pine Ridge and some of these places. I mean, they're enormous reservations. And uh, yeah, really great, great distances. Very few people, but yeah. great, great distances. For those mm-hmm. who have just tuned in, Bert Cohen here. The show is Keeping Democracy Alive. We're talking about Trump's effort to do the unthinkable, to shut down the United States Post Office. Our guest today is Michael Winship, who's got a, a great track record, uh, a senior writing fellow for Common Dreams. Used to, uh, It was the uh, Emmy Award winning senior writer for Moyers and Company and BillMoyers.com and past senior writing fellow at the policy uh, advocacy group Demos and former president of the Writers Guild of America East. So, uh, it, you know, if what they say is true, what you say, that the post office quote, may lose $23 billion in the next year and a half, question yeah. that you know some people could ask well, does it really make sense to keep pumping money into a losing proposition i mean can't the private sector do it better pumping all that money into them and they they keep on losing uh yeah well we've established the the, the way they've been sort of set up to lose uh-huh. uh but, but the fact of the matter is, is is that they're a government service they're not a private business they're not you know, as 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 many as of the efforts of Republican presidents have been to make it be run like a private business, just as Donald Trump has tried to run the entire government as a private business, yeah, it like doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. You know, it just doesn't work. And uh, you know, I think you you, you can look to. Uh, I mean, my knowledge isn't in, in, immense on this, but if you look to Great Britain, where where the post office is nationalized, is, is no longer nationalized, but oh, is, wow. is privatized. Really? Um, yeah, I mean, if you if you've ever you know if, if if in the last few years you've ever tried to mail a package from the UK to the United States, you would be staggered by the amount of money they charge, uh, even at a book rate, even at a book rate. You know, it's well, it's uh, that that's the problem. It's the big problem. Well, one thing I you know I think is true. Like you know, you talk about running government like a business. Well. Any business knows if they want to be successful, they have to invest prudently. You know, you just can't yeah. do it if you don't invest where it's needed. And I think the post office has been doing that. Now, we talked about... Sec- well, the other thing... I'm sorry. The other thing I was going to mention, we haven't talked about yet, and maybe... I'm sorry. Maybe you were about to ask, but... No. And it's not a subject I have a lot of knowledge about, but but there has been moves in the, in the last few years, especially from Democrats, to allow the... Uh, Postal Service to, to run an alternative banking system. Oh right, uh, which would which would you know be a be a, a rival to commercial banking, and uh, you know of course that ain't gonna fly with, with this White House and 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 the Senate certainly, but it's something the post office used to be able to do, and it's something they used to do. You got, it was it was a a uh, thing with the depression and everything where you could you could use the postal service as a bank. Oh interesting. Uh and and I'm not sure where when they got rid of that aspect, but I can remember uh going into the post post office as a kid and buying uh US uh savings savings bonds, bonds that's right. Yeah, to in order to buy in order to buy uh bonds. Uh, interesting. But well what would be yeah. The, yeah. the the advantage to that? I guess the post office would have more Capital to invest. Yeah, on their exactly. Own. No, exactly. I mean, it would run like any other bank, 
except, you know, it wouldn't be turning a profit over to shareholders unless you define shareholders as every citizen of the United States. I'd like to see more of that, quite frankly, in the various things that are really yeah. public utilities, but that's another subject. Yeah. <laughs> we, we talk, Secretary Mnookin, what is his role in all this? What an odd character he appears to be. Uh, well, I, I think you know, in, in terms of all this, his main character, his main his main role has been that Trump has has made him the uh, the, the point man for the negotiations with Congress on these uh, uh, you know stimulus bailout bills for uh, individuals and businesses uh, during this pandemic. And so, as a result, he's been the man who says yes or no. I'm I'm sure he's not in favor of postal banking. Oh, but, true, uh, true, 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 true. But his main his his main purpose at the moment is being the, the negotiating liaison between Capitol Hill and the White House. Uh huh. Well, perhaps the most powerful motivation we've touched on a little bit behind the idea of cutting funding for the postal service is is voting. And as you yes. quote, Trump said, Trump says, "quote I think vote in mailing is terrible." claiming that it's rife with fraud. Now, of course, in New Hampshire, he insisted that buses of people came to this state to vote illegally. Right. Not a mm-hmm. shred of truth in there. I mean, it's just... Well, so... and you're... Go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. You, you remember, uh, this is one of the functions of trying to communicate with the age of pandemic. I think all of us on our phones and Zoom meetings and so forth, we keep stepping on each other, and I apologize. Right. Uh, no, uh, just that um, you remember that when he first became president, he set up this election frauds commission. Oh, yes. This election fraud commission, uh-huh. you know, and he appointed all these people and he sent, sent them off to to discover how he was correct about how he had really won the popular vote. Right. Uh, and hadn't lost it by several million because, because there'd been so much voter fraud. And the commission had to fold. Yes. Because there wasn't anything there. I mean, they barely met. Right. And uh, and they basically had to fold their tents because because there was nothing to investigate. Nothing. And, you know, I don't know about uh, uh, I, I would think there'd be all kinds of, uh, of ways to make sure that voting is, is secure and is, is safely cast ballots, you know. And yeah, well. You know, there are this this last stimulus bill. There 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 were four hundred million dollars that were allocated for uh, protecting elections, but uh, there's, it's it, it's very it's very loose and open as to what that money's gonna. You know, nobody said this is how you have to spend it. You know, right. So whereas a lot of that a lot of that money would be very useful in establishing uh, vote by mail, uh, there's no rule that says they have to spend it on that. Uh, but the money, the money was allocated, you know, so we'll see what happens. Well, some of us really like democracy a lot and want more of it rather yeah. than less. But of course, <laughs> the re- <laughs> Republicans, you know, it, it, he, Trump believes the more Americans who are able to, will be able to vote, the worse for him and the GOP. He's made that really clear. And you write that yeah. his administration is, quote, working to prevent states that don't already have it from adopting the mail-in ballot or quashing any attempt to make mail-in voting a federal law. What is the status of this effort? Uh, right now, I think it's it's because everybody is is so focused on on the uh, coronavirus. It hasn't been a huge priority right now, but I'm I'm sure it will be shortly. And I'm sure there's nothing they would like better. And I know that in, in various state legislatures, where this has been uh, coming up again, there has been very strong Republican uh, pushback and opposition. 
Of course. Uh, let's see. Um, your article cites the famous beloved quote about the post office. I have no idea who wrote yes. it. Neither rain, neither snow, nor rain, nor heat, nor gloom of night stays these couriers from the swift completion of their appointed rounds. One thinks of the right. Pony Express. And you, <laughs> you point... You know, the Pony Express, you're, you're, you're a history guy. You know, the Pony Express only really existed for a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, it was very brief. It was a, it was a very short-lived. It's, it's got this iconic yeah. <laughs> uh, American West status, but in fact, it was only a couple of years that the railroads really sort of, you know, oh, drove true. it out of business eventually. Uh, but, but yeah, ah, no, those nice words myth. are... <laughs> those words are... Yeah, exactly. Those words are engraved over the main post office uh, here in New York City over on 8th Avenue. And... Uh, as an American, I've always valued that. Even you know, as a kid, I thought, "Now this is cool." The government, the government serving we the people, and as you point out, the postal service is the only federal agency that's actually called for in the Constitution. So, so is the requirement. You know, and another thing, another thing, Bert, I was thinking about in, in getting ready to talk to you today was the fact that you know a lot of our highway system, small towns and in places like Connecticut and Massachusetts, you'll see. I'm sure up where you are, uh, you'll see you'll see you know postal roads. You'll see local streets that are called postal roads, and a lot of them, the the U.S. interstate system, the, the federal interstate system, parallels a lot of those roads uh, to this day, including like I-95, you know, which is the main drag along the eastern coast all the way down to Florida. Uh, those 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 roads tend to parallel the old postal roads. Interesting, and I know there's an old road in Massachusetts, the Boston Post Road. I had never, yeah, exactly. I had never thought of that before. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Interesting, interesting. It exactly, it was the main. It was the main route between Boston and the outlying cities. Oh, for sure. So, you know, I I wonder about something being in the Constitution. It's, Americans don't seem to be disturbed about flaunting of the Constitution, which. You know, the Constitution says only Congress can declare war. They've broken that right. many times. Do you, do you think this issue will connect more and raise more rabble uh, and, and, well, and opposition than, you know, the president just uh, starting wars all over the place? Well, as you know, um, since we since we started all volunteer uh, services, that the, the percentage of Americans who are directly in the military who have family in the military has gone down precipitously. So there's, so in terms of the, the war-making power, it doesn't have as direct effect uh-huh. on most Americans, whereas the right. post office still, uh-huh. to this day, I mean, it really, you know, I mean, literally hits home because you come home, you open your mailbox, and, you know, you're expecting to see something in there usually. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, no, it, affect, it affects everybody. Yeah, that's true. It affects everybody, whereas... Mm-hmm. You know, once they ended the draft, the military and that policy uh, was was less in the uh, radar directly. But, right. And, right. And Trump wanted to force the USPS to raise their rates for packages. Uh, how would that affect people, of course, who live in poverty, remote areas, and the elderly well, population? They rely on mail for medicine. Yeah. No pharmacy in a lot of small towns. I mean, yeah. raising the rates. Exactly. I wonder how that's going over. Does he have supporters? Well, and, probably. And a lot of small towns. I mean, it's, you know, we were talking about mail, mail in ballots. A lot of towns are so small; it's the only way to vote. Right. Uh, because they don't have polling places in their towns. Uh, 
but um, you know, and that happens more than you would think. Uh, the 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 thing about it is that that people, you're, you're absolutely right. People pay a sort of poverty tax uh, on things. Uh, and, you know, like I said, the postal rate is fifty five cents. Yeah. Uh, which is, is, you know, still something most people can afford. Yeah, it's a good But deal. if you suddenly bring, yeah, if you suddenly bring uh, FedEx and, you know, whoever to, to suddenly run the post office, I mean, the thing about the post office is that, is that they deliver, I believe it's called last mile service, which is uh-huh. a, lot of the, a lot of these groups like FedEx and Amazon and so forth that deliver to a central post office, and then that central post office will make the final uh, stage of the delivery to, to the individual in these remote places. I mean, you know, the, the fact that it costs as much for me to mail a letter to a friend of mine, you know, 30 blocks away as it does to mail a, a letter to Ambler, Alaska, which is an Inuit community that I mm. spent time in. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a remarkable thing. Yeah, it really is a remarkably good deal. I mean, 55 cents now compared to when I was a kid when it was like 8 cents or so. It's it's probably cheaper now than it was back then, really, when it comes to actual dollars. Oh, I'm sure you're right. um, It's it's impressive to me. So, you know, some people have been arguing somehow. I mean, not that truth and reality has anything to do with policymaking. But uh, FedEx (laughs) and, and UPS, they do a good job. They're amazing. They do, you know, they, they do very, very well. What would be the negatives of replacing, of them replacing the postal service? I mean, I guess it would cost more for sure, but any, anything oh, else? Oh, it would definitely cost more. It would cost more, and then they would be making, you know, profit-oriented decisions about mm-hmm. where they're going to deliver to. Uh, you know, there may be a point where they say, well, you know, we were just talking about that central place where the, yeah. from that place would come the final stages of delivery. Well, they would just say, okay, we're going to, we're going to deliver those packages to, to such and such location. And then it's up to you to come in and get them. And, you know, people may have to drive if they can drive, people yeah. would have to drive 50, 60 miles to the, the central location to be able to pick up their packages. And it reminds me, you know, when they've had uh, uh, voter suppression laws, they don't call them that, but uh, uh, they, you know, trying to make it uh, cleaner or, or end voter right. fraud. Fair yeah. or fair. Yeah, fair. <laughs> you have to show a license or something like that. Well, guess what? Hmm. A lot of older people don't have cars. They don't have licenses. People who live in the inner right. cities don't have cars. Right. They don't have, that couldn't be connected now, could it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, really. No, I mean, you know, I don't have a car. I don't have a driver's license. Right. You know, I'm in I'm in downtown Manhattan. I don't really need one. Yeah. But it, but in terms and, of ID and so forth, I really have to rely on on things like a a passport card. Well, uh, and you know, which you can and you the, can get from the state department separately from the passport. But just, people it, it in this cost money. People in the in the inner cities, uh, older people. Oh, they tend absolutely. to vote. They tend to vote Democrat, don't they? Well, <laughs> the elderly, a lot of them are still voting Republican. Uh, uh, you know, there there is a significant Republican vote, and and, and in fact, part of the uh, the thing that you've heard from the Republicans about vote by mail is that well, we'll make an exception for sixty five and over. You know, because they assume uh-huh. that that population will be in their camp, but you know, not necessarily so. For sure, 
I'm over 65 myself, and I... I well, so am I, Mr. Collins. <laughs> <laughs> They're not all boomers. Although I sound bad. useful, I know. Oh, it's true, absolutely. Well, uh, starting in the First World War, which we mentioned earlier, uh, lawmakers began to expand the absentee voting system. It was set up for soldiers overseas. Uh, That's right. It, it, they were serving the greater good far from home, and there were railroad workers who would be gone for long stretches, they also deserved a right to vote. And they were protected in the First World War. Democratic Senators Ron Wyden of Oregon, I like very much, and Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota, among others, are seeking to amend the Uniformed and Overseas Citizen Absentee Voting Act to let some of its Mm. provisions apply to Americans stuck at home. What, What do we know about that? Good idea. Yeah, good idea. I don't, you know, I don't know a heck of a lot about it. Uh, I think it's a good idea. I think there's there's a sort of needle you have to thread uh, in uh-huh. terms of individual states' voting laws and st- setting up a federal system uh, of voting. I mean, that may or may not be a good thing. It probably is a good thing, but Ooh. but you have to you have to sort of deal with each of the fifty states uh, in terms of figuring out how that would that would work. Interesting. Well, you know, there's been the whole push and pull with uh, uh, Trump and the governors about, uh, you know, dealing with coronavirus. Right. I, I, I wonder about this voting idea, uh, how much authority, legitimate authority states have versus the federal government. I, I wonder if that might be mm-hmm. something difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and, you know, go, going back to our discussion about the Constitution, I mean, one of the reasons that the Declaration of Independence and the Revolution took place was something called the Stamp Act. Oh, that's right. Uh, you know, which the British imposed, and which you know, it wasn't just about post post office stuff, but it right. did include newspapers and so forth, where you had to pay an excessive fee to the crown in order to to uh, you know be able to deal with certain documents and sure. certain mail and newspapers and this kind of thing. So there's a long tradition in this country of upholding. A postal system that's fair and equitable uh, over one that's being used just to uh, keep people down and to make a profit. Profits uber alles. That's for sure. They just want to, if it's not making a profit, what good can it be? It's it's pretty amazing to me. And I read about, uh, there's a guy, John Ketzner from Mm-hmm. Heldsburg, California, or Healdsburg, California. Right. He's one of the many people in the state who sends his vote in by mail because he lives in a remote area with no voting precinct. He said the mm-hmm. most important aspect of being a citizen is being able to exercise our right to vote. And having that yes. stripped away by closing post offices would basically nullify our most significant right of all. Well said. What? Yeah, it was good. What? What? There must be specific bills in Congress now, which we can call on our members of Congress to support or oppose. And do you think how much, I mean, as you say, you know, Nixon was the first to try to uh, attack and the Republicans have been after the post office for a long time. I wonder what, what the status is, a, what we can do. I always like to leave people with something we all can do and how much of a threat this really is. Well, yeah, it's a really good question. I think, you know, what's been really interesting has been to see the, the public uproar uh-huh. that has uh, popped up in the last few weeks over the very notion, uh, and to have it broached during such a national crisis, that they would even consider consider liquidating the post office. 
I think is remarkable. I mean, it's one of these, you know, Joni Mitchell, uh, you don't know what you got till it's gone kind yes. of thing uh-huh. that, uh, that people are realizing what's going on. Now, as I said, uh, there was this legislation. The original act in, in 2006 was called the Postal Accountability and Enhancement Act. Uh-huh. Uh, that, that's the one that requires the right. $72 billion fund. Uh, there is legislation, and I'm sorry, I don't know the name of it or the number off the top of my head, but it was passed by the House uh, to get rid of that. Uh, and there is a similar bill in the Senate. Beyond that, you know, uh, I'm sure there's other legislation uh, that I can try and track down for you. But um, the other thing that people have suggested uh, is uh, buy stamps online. Buy stamps online. You know, you want to you want to help the post office right now. Uh, go to their website and and buy stamps. Buy stamps. Buy you know the other stuff they've got there. They've got a lot of stuff. I mean, they even have greeting cards, I believe. But but you can you can do the the postal postal service a solid if yeah. if you go online and buy stamps. Oh, interesting. Go online and buy them because yeah. I know whenever I go into my post office, they. Pumping up the volume. Yeah, they like to do that. Sure. It's a good thing. Buy more stamps, sure. buy more uh, you right. know, mailers. And at, this time, and at this time when people are being discouraged from you know going out yes, yes. And, and, and being in places like the post office, it would be a good time to, to help them out a bit and, and buy some stamps online. I don't, I don't know what their website is. Do you? It's probably USPS. USPS.com. 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 Oh, no, actually, .com. Yeah, .com. USPS.com. That's a great idea. So stay at home, buy stamps, and uh, right. send them in that way and get your packages and all that stuff. Post office. Well, and also people people have talked about how this situation we're currently in has, has led to a, an upsurge in, in letter writing. Oh, interesting. You know, not, just, not, not, just, not just email. But people actually sitting down and, and writing or typing out a letter and putting it in an envelope and, and mailing it. Huh. Interesting. I have yeah. my handwriting is so poor, I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think whoever you were mailing it to, Bert, would be grateful for the message. So. Oh, probably true. And, you know, it is yeah. nice. It's, yeah. it's a wonderful old thing. I mean, not all old things are bad. You know, <laughs> and and there's some really including you and me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, if people, I mean, again, uh, you know, I hope people can can raise their voices, and it absolutely does matter. They want us to believe we're powerless, but we are not powerless. Yes. We can raise our voices. And there are a number of yeah, there are a number, and there are a number of, of petitions and so forth out there. But if if people just Google postal service petition, they'll they'll find any number of of. Uh, sites that are gathering signatures uh, from people to, to save the USPS. Uh, yes, we can do it. We can do it. I, I think exactly. of that, that poster of the woman, we can do it. Mm-hmm. At, uh, factory mm-hmm. worker, I think it was. Well, if people yeah, want to... Yeah, Rosie the Riveter. Rosie the Riveter, that's right. Good work here. Michael Winship, if people want to read and follow more of your stuff, uh, can you direct a way they can do that online? Yes, um, commondreams.org. That's right. Uh, that Great website, place. I work, as you mentioned, where I'm the, the senior writing fellow. Um, yes, by all means, go there. They have done a uh, not to not to blow their horn for oh them, but God. Common Dreams has done it. They've done a tremendous job on that on this whole situation. Uh, they've, they've had great coverage. They they do such a tremendous amount with a very small staff. Um, they really do a, a, a great job. Yeah. And that's reflected in the fact, actually, their traffic has been up considerably since this whole situation started. 
but it's a great place, and I urge people to go there just for, for everything, not just for me, but, but for all the coverage that's there. But that's where I am primarily based. CommonDreams.org. Yes, I go there all the time. Thank you so much, and uh, let, let's hope oh, we can win this thing. I think we can win it. Me too. Thanks so much. Yeah. by the Marvelettes, and now the Beatles.